0: Day one of Sundance is almost done, Ben, and we've survived. I'm so happy we're here, man. On the drive up from Salt Lake City, I had tears of joy streaming down my face. Like I genuinely love this place and you gotten off to a great start. We just came out of the
1: big opening night film. There were a couple opening night films. We're going to talk to Eric Davis a little bit later about Justin Simeon's return to Sundance. But right now, we got a chance to see a very much anticipated film, Miss Americana. It's the doc about Taylor Swift, the most powerful human being on the
0: planet Earth. I don't know. <laughs> that's what it kind of comes across in the movie. I, first of all, before we get to the film, I have been coming to Sundance for a long time. I've walked into the Eccles Theater for a big, highly anticipated premiere. Too many times to remember now. I've never seen the scene that I saw tonight outside of Echoes.
1: Giant crowd, but not only
0: just the volume of people. What were they doing, no, no, no. Not the. There's <laughs> always a lot of people outside of Echoes hoping to get a glimpse of the stars, and that's great. But to see thousands of people singing Taylor Swift songs in unison in anticipation of her arrival just set the tone for the vibe of the movie... And you and I were like, whoa, this is this is wild. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. Look, you and I, we're not
1: like diehard Taylor Swift fans. We appreciate what she means to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I think you can't, help but get caught up in it and understand why why people are so obsessed with her. And, And clearly her talent is very evident in the film. You get to see, there's a lot of sides of her you see in this film. You see the creative process, which is tough to capture. The creative
0: process is incredible to watch unfold. Hit records that you know, but at the time the subjects on screen are trying to find them. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to see. I love that in movies.
1: Finding the lyrics in the, uh, you know, with the producer and like just hitting upon it and then and then cutting to a giant stadium where she's singing that exact verse to 100,000 people. That's, you know, that gave me a little chill, That's chills. That's really cool.
0: And it's really cool to see her process up close. You know how many people are in the studio? It's like her and the producer.
1: That really caught me off guard. Like it's, so it's a film about a number of things, right? It's really about, I think- um, mostly about, it it captures what it's like to be a celebrity, not just a celebrity, like an Uber celebrity and kind of the loneliness of that existence too. I mean, she's living
0: in a very rarefied air surrounded by her mom and not many other people. She talks about the highest moment of her life professionally. And she felt like she didn't have anybody to call. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lonely and sad feeling for anybody.
1: And then it transitions into this really powerful kind of coming of age story where, you know, she clearly has this voice that that is coming out in different ways, but realizing that she needs to use her voice for good beyond her art form she needs to um, make her political views known in the wake of the 2016 election um and that's really there's some spontaneous applause that you helped lead that I was moved by too where Th- she kind thank
0: of Thank you for noticing I was the first one in the theater to start those claps
2: <laughs> I was thank you
1: <laughs> yes Josh but they were I mean it's 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 great to see ser- sort of her take a stand at a certain point in the film um and say you know what I don't know what this will mean for my clicks and my views and my audience, but I need to say what I feel about the political process going on right now.
0: My favorite scene in the movie is when she's sitting with her mother and she's talking to her father and it looks like somebody else from the record company or a manager or some somebody important. And she's in tears because she has to speak out against the injustice that she feels in her heart is happening in her home state in Tennessee. And she has to convince her dad that this is the right thing to do. And it's awesome to watch her find her voice in that moment because it's something I think, quite frankly, a lot of people in the public eye historically have struggled with from Michael Jordan to Kobe to LeBron, just keeping it in the basketball world. You see the evolution of activism, speaking out of issues you're passionate about. Same goes true for music. Not every musician was comfortable coming out and speaking against the Vietnam War or speaking out against apartheid. But the ones who did, the ones who found their voices... We're able to make real change, and that's what she's walking into right now, which is really cool.
1: And and I think this is also going to be no surprise—a film that really speaks to young women in particular. Oh my god! Um, I mean, her talking very frankly about the expectations on her and her weight, and and talking about dealing with that kind of stuff, and even having—I mean, it's I don't heartbreaking. Know.
0: It's honestly heartbreaking. And then I sit there feeling. Almost complicit in a way because you're a viewer, you're a consumer. She's walking red carpets and you look at the footage and you go, clearly she's not well. And there's no one. And it's not to say her parents are out of her life. Her parents are very much in her life. And her relationship with her mother is beautiful and incredible. Um, But
1: yeah, it shows you how hard it can be it's 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 a quality film and and the good news is you know this is always what we've talked about this before ben where sometimes sundance films you you will you'll never see in a theater sometimes you'll see them nine months from now this is a movie that's actually going to be on netflix on january 31st so you guys we didn't get much of a head start
0: it's gonna be there for you um you're gonna see it really soon and i think if you're a diehard taylor swift fan then obviously you're gonna love it but if you're guys like me and josh and you kind of only know her as the pop star that you see in the news. That was fascinating for me. I, I was totally. I was very um, intrigued by it and, and, and impressed by her honesty. And also, I think it's as much about us as it is her. Us yes. as a society to see how we react to celebrity, to see how we build people up and then rip them down. To see her send a tweet that she knows is going to change the world <laughs> is awesome. And uh, yeah, it's it's a conversation about culture in 2020, and she's at the center of all of it. And I really enjoyed it. So that's Miss Americana. Yeah, Lana Wilson did a great job directing.
1: Exactly. She was saying that she invited her family, that this movie was so shrouded in secrecy that they didn't know what this movie was even about until like five days ago. That's, that's crazy. Amazing.
0: So so, off, so at Sundance, the, the festival programmer will come out on the stage, introduce the director, the director says whatever they want to say. Some directors talk for 10 minutes, others talk for 10 seconds, but it was amazing to hear Lana Wilson say, my parents are here. They flew out here five days. Like They bought tickets five days ago. They didn't know what they were coming for. (laughs) That's how much this project was in secrecy. Uh, very cool. I never seen that at an Eccles premiere before.
1: So anyway, let's, let, let's also give a little context just, uh, for, you know, the, the, the minutia that kind of goes into getting to a film festival and enjoying your first day. Um, you know, it's always funny. Like I came from New York and y- you can count like clockwork every year. The celebrities are going to be on the plane. I had Norman Reedus and Diane Kruger on the plane. Uh, I had a dozen. I call th- it the Roger Rabbit flight.
0: It's because <laughs> cartoons are interacting with real people. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's true. All, I sat uh, a row in front of Seal. So I, I The me- Seal? A Seal or the Seal? Seal. Okay, oh, not the animal, the artist. The man. <laughs> seal. The legend. Kiss from a rose. Kiss from a rose. Uh, sat run row in front of him, and I felt really bad for him because when you come down the escalator at the Salt Lake City Airport, you just open up to a uh, just a mob scene, right? So- <laughs> He's coming down the escalator right behind me. Paparazzi, autographs. Oh my God, you're a celebrity. Not sure everybody was a Kiss from the Rose fan or whatever, All <laughs> right, right. But how dare then, you? Everybody is a Kiss from the Rose fan. The guy fan. standing there a baggage claim, like after all the hype and hoopla. Yeah, just that was awkward. And then Seven he has minutes to go of, over to the yeah. oversized bags and get his skis. <laughs> That's no good, man. So and I then, saw Seal on the flight. And shout out to Brian Greenberg on the flight too. He had a sweet pair of Paul Georges on. Those were nice. I had been I had been uh, greeting me at the airport
1: today. Door to door service <laughs> to take us to our palatial estate. In Big uh, shout City. out to
0: my mother in law who was able to uh, to drive us up the hill, save us some money on the Uber. <laughs> Look, it's <laughs> that's all about a festival rule. Get get rides
1: however you can get them. You have touched on a really important. Uh, no, legit. This is a festival. And I rule. love you, Maureen. About but that, was big time navigating how to get around. We've alluded to this, I think, in the preview episode. Um, we took some shuttles tonight. If you can, shuttles are your best bet. The, that's that's the way shuttle, to do it.
0: They're buses, they are public yeah. buses, yes. and they're free, totally free. And they have loops that take you from theater to theater. So you ask the driver, and that's where you can oftentimes network and meet other film people. Oh, yeah, I've been on
1: buses stuff. with Danny McBride. I'm sure you've had those random moments, right? I was on a bus with Danny
0: McBride, but it wasn't at Sundance. Interesting. <laughs> Tell that for another, <laughs> another podcast. Uh, we hitchhiked tonight? That was not my idea. I'm going to be honest. I did not feel good about
1: that. That was a Ben Lyons idea that could have gone awry.
0: And it worked out, man. We left the condo. Okay, it worked there out. It no could not buses. worked out. There were no buses in sight, and I just put out my thumb, and John from some ski company in Colorado, who pulled up in a van that had a giant cage in the back of the van, so that did... <laughs> Have me pause for concern. I thought it was Norman Reedus again for a second. it It was filled with snowboards and skis and stuff. So we were like, all right, cool. And this nice bro just drove us down the hill and saved us a lot of time and money. So shout out to John, the ski dude from Colorado who hooked us up.
1: Shout out to John for not murdering me. I really appreciate it, John. Let's not do more hitchhiking.
0: That's not a festival rule for me. Festival rule, don't always trust Ben Lyons. You think about me it. to a festival rule that I am going to take with me for What's the that? rest oh, of my yes. life here at Sundance. So when you're a member of the press, you get a press badge. And with that comes 10 hard tickets <laughs> to get into screenings throughout the week. I've been coming here 15 years. Josh has been coming here 14 years. I get it. You have some seniority. Congratulations. It is a fight to get tickets for guys like us. So I will yeah. collect tickets, however, however I can. You put me onto a new festival rule today.
1: Yeah, you just go over to like the special desk near the press area, and you put in for a ticket. You can request one ticket per day, one day ahead. Actually, the first day, two days ahead, and uh, that's actually how we got our tickets tonight for Never Miss Americana. That.
0: I am so mad at myself for the last. 14 years I've pulled my weight on not, this trip already not knowing that festival rule so thank you for that. And uh, you can have my <laughs> festival rule of uh, hitchhiking's okay at Sundance. I, I get
1: dibs on the bottle of Baileys that you bought for us. I'm going to drink all of it tonight. Um, so let's look ahead briefly before we turn it over yes. to our guests today. Uh, tomorrow is our... So this was kind of like the the first movie, obviously, but tomorrow is our first full day of movies and interviews. Um, we've got two big, exciting interviews uh, tomorrow. And we, I feel like we're started with perfect people. They're nice guys. They've got... One of them has extensive Sundance past, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. JGL. JGL in the house.
0: Not out here for a movie, though. Hit
1: Record. Year? He's just bringing his Hit Record stuff here. Which
0: is, what, 10 years already for At Hit least. Record? Yeah, so- Explain uh, Hit Record a little bit. Hit, rec-
1: hit Record is kind of, it's a platform where, it's a communal platform where you kind of contribute uh, with other artists to creating art, whether it's a book. There's He actually has a new book out called The Art of Breaking Up. That is kind of a, uh, a, a, a shared experience. It wasn't written by him. It's written by the community. They've made films and TV shows and done theater. Um, and it's a passion project that he and his his late brother actually started over ten years ago, and it's going strong still. It's always he's an inspirational kind of uh, artist, like a true artist that just hustles and does it for the love of the uh, love of the game. Um, so yeah, it's a
0: great one for us to yeah. uh, to sit down with tomorrow. I'm also really excited to catch up with Ron Howard, the best, because he directed a documentary here called Rebuilding Paradise about the devastating uh, fires in Paradise, California. We'll get into more of the movie on the next episode, Um, but it's Ron Howard directing, and it's just tremendous. I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, chatting with him.
1: And he's amazing how he dovetails between docs and narratives, and we'll talk all about that. And and And, and
0: like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, interesting we're talking to both of them. uh, Manana is that children of the industry. I mean, kids who grew up in this. I mean, both of them- have been doing this for their entire lives, much like Taylor Swift. I mean, some of the footage we saw in the movie tonight of Taylor Swift at 13 years old getting up on a stage and room full of strangers singing her heart out. Yep. That's what she's doing now as she's heading into her 30s. So same for JGL and uh, and Ron Howard. These are guys who have been making movies and TV shows their entire lives.
1: Excellent. So we'll, we'll do those. Uh, we'll have those chats and we'll sneak in a couple movies. We're going to see the uh, movie that has a bunch of buzz around it called Zoa. I'm going to try and check out a movie called Spree starring uh, Joe Kira of Stranger Things f- fame. Well, I have an Alec Baldwin interview tomorrow, too. That's the plan. Hopefully, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Baldwin himself that's gonna be good he's a producer here on a film called Beast Beast so it's a packed schedule so
0: and that's the thing we appreciate all of you who are listening we appreciate you downloading subscribing you can follow the hashtag the festival rules make sure you follow Action Park Media our friends over there who are kind enough to to, to put this whole thing together for us Uh, and every single day we'll have a recap of all of our adventures and conversations
1: Ben we're actually joined by a reputable journalist unlike you and I now we have like the real deal. Yeah, we had to outsource credibility. Uh, Eric Davis joins us, managing editor of Fandango. What's uh, up, dude? Uh, how's Let's it going? What's going
2: man? on? Incredibly reputable. Super reputable. So
1: reputable. We'll see if that, that reputation lasts by the end of Sundance. Well, you're already yeah.
0: wearing Sundance 2020 festival gear. I am. You went, I am. And bought your hat first day.
2: I, I have I actually have like six of these hats. So I I, I arrived at Sundance. It's like a beanie hat, uh, which is usually my jam in the wintertime. Uh, I arrived in a 2016 Sundance beanie, so the two, 2020, and I was like, you know what? It's time for an upgrade, but I have <laughs> it's 2000... 2020. is a new decade, bro. Exactly. I, get it. I totally get it. Uh, but I do have 2016 and 2019 beanies with me uh, to keep it different.
1: So talk to us. Everybody comes to Sundance on our side of things with kind of a different agenda. Some people are here doing interviews. Some people are reviewing movies. Some people are capturing kind of like what's going on. Generally, what's your mandate here as managing editor of Fandango? What's what's the deal? What do you do here?
2: Yeah, my my mandate is has evolved over the years. This is my twelfth year here at Sundance, and so uh, you know when I first came here, I was running a crew. We were churning out like forty to forty five reviews. Uh, when I was at Cinematical way back in the day, um, and you know, and since then, since I've kind of come to Fandango, I come here more uh, to see the films that people are going to be talking about all year long. Right, you this know, gives you what a head are start are on the next exactly. six months? Right? It's a head start, not just on what people are going to be talking about, but also, especially in the last few years, it's become more about discovery. Who are the new voices? Who are the new storytellers? Uh, who do we have to amplify and elevate uh, to see where they go? Uh, one of the films I saw tonight uh, was a follow-up from Justin Simeon. Uh, I was at his premiere for Dear White People here in 2014. Uh, that I, I walked out of that theater and I said, who is this actress in this film? It was Tessa Thompson. Screamed her name very loudly uh, and here we are now in 2020 and Tessa is one of the biggest actresses uh, around. So I think this festival uh, has Become more important for discovery uh, than maybe it has for films that are going to be big Oscar contenders later this year. Right. It's hit In risk.
0: addition to discovering new voices, new talent, new films, I would imagine your position at Fandango, you're also trying to discover why people love the movies. If you wait in line for two hours at Sundance and it's the one movie you see, if it's half okay, you're probably going to stand up and give it a standing ovation, right? But the dust settles and you start to realize, wow, the fan bases that connect with the films here, they do it in a really powerful way. Why do you think there's such an emotional kind of connection to that discovering
2: feeling? Yeah, I think I think that's one of the special parts about being here. Is and I do a lot of that. I mean, one of the reasons why I work at Fandango and I've stayed there is because I'm very passionate about the movie going experience, uh, and I love to take moments here in these packed houses. Uh, the big theater here is Eccles. It's like high school auditorium theater, but you know, you you look around in the crowds and uh, they're sold out, and everyone's there for it from from start to finish, uh, and it kind of reminds you that. You know, that experience is so is so important still to so many people. And I like to take my experiences here and watching these audiences and watching the way that they're feeling these films uh, and then going back out uh, and saying, you know why you got to see the new Keanu Reeves movie. You're going to feel it, but you know, but also kind of reminding people that this is still an experience that is important to us and that we should value and that we should not take for granted. Uh, And so coming here helps remind me of that. And then I take that to... The people. It
0: reminds you of why you fell in love with movies in yes. the first place by being around all these other movies who all these other people who love movies as much as you.
2: Exactly. I mean, and these films that come here are crafted uh to make you feel things, to make you think about things, to talk about things, talk about culture and society. And um, and so I think that you walk out of the films here, and not everything lands, you know, with a big punch, but you walk out and and it reminds you why the cinematic experience is still so valuable in our lives and why we need it so one of the goals of this podcast you know we
1: call it the festival rules is we want to convey for folks you know we're pretty privileged obviously to get to go to film festivals like this um a lot of folks are living kind of vicariously through podcasts like this i want to give a sense of um you know navigating a film festival like this what would be your number one rule to surviving and actually enjoying the sundance film festival
2: well, Sundance is unlike other festivals because uh, you have the altitude factor. And so my big, my big thing here is, and I, I preach it, is have bottles of water on you and have vitamin C on you and have granola bars on you. Uh, and more important is those bottles of water because in the first 48 hours, if you drop in here and then kind of go full steam ahead like you do in your normal life, two days in, you're going to be done. You're going to be out. And I've seen so many people over the years do exactly that, and then they're just flat out for like days. So you come here, have water on you constantly drink it. You're going to be going to the bathroom a lot, but trust me, uh, you will avoid the nasty Sundance altitude sickness.
0: So far, every guest on the festival rules podcast has talked
2: about the necessity of Feeding themselves, it's like
1: it's like we're Staying talking about like hydrated. we're on Survivor
2: instead of a film festival. It's but it is, <laughs> but it is. I mean, we are seeing. You could literally come here and see five movies, maybe in one day, some maybe six. You know, and I mean, you're starting. You could start at eight a.m. and go all the way until midnight, uh, and you're coming out of a movie and getting back in line for another movie. And so, uh, it you could very easily go for eight hours and just not eat and be like, what the hell am I feeling right now? <laughs> uh, so it's just very important to. You know, to c- carry a little mobile unit and have your granola bars and have your water and be prepared. It's
1: great, great rules to live by. Uh, I, I want to know uh, a little bit about the the film tonight because we haven't even I haven't even checked Twitter or anything. So you were at the premiere, as you said, Justin Simeon's eagerly an- uh, anticipated follow up to Dear White People, Bad Hair. I hear it's like a horror, psychological kind of horror film. What's your gut
2: on it? What was the audience feeling? What should we expect? Uh, It was crazy. It was, uh, it's uh, AKA Attack of the Killer Weave. Uh, (laughs) This was a wild movie and I'm still processing it. I haven't even sent out my tweet for it yet, but you know, Simeon name checked uh, films like Body Double and Wicker Man, uh, B-Horror movies and 80s and it's set in 1989. And you know, what I love about it is that it is so, Unique, You know, it's set in the world of sort of music and and the emergence of hip-hop television and the importance of hip-hop television in the late 80s. Um, And, you know, it takes place at this fictitious uh, culture network um, that could be an MTV or a BET when they're sort of finding their groove and trying to figure out hip-hop and bringing hip-hop to the masses. So that's when it's set. Uh, And the main character works at this station and she's trying to move up the ladder. She decides uh, everybody's getting weaves. Her hair is crazy nappy. She hates it. She wants to get a weave and she'll feel better about herself. Uh, she gets the weave, but the weave is uh, has has ulterior motives and it's a killer <laughs> it's a killer Little shop weave. of horrors meets You know uh, what? And that's, I did feel I, did, I felt a lot of little shop of horrors in the film, uh, even though he didn't mention that. It did feel, and body double and so all that stuff and be horror uh, take all of that and put it in that setting, which we don't see movies set there right. um, and, and told very authentic told from a place of you know you could tell Justin grew up in this environment grew up around these women where hair was so important uh, and hair really defined who you were um, and what you presented yourself to the world how you presented yourself to the world so uh, I loved that about it uh, tonally I think it takes it's a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, I think it's a film where uh, people are kind of kind of walk out and be like I don't know what the hell <laughs> because I wanted to see a move a satire about late 80s hip hop I wanted to see a crazy horror movie about killer hair so i think try kind of find you know getting that audience to meet in the middle uh is going to be the job of this film but i had a, a good time with it uh the film the movie theater was about 110 degrees uh usually at the beginning of sundance the theaters are a bit hot here uh, so i think the audience was feeling that but but they were into it and they were uh, having a good time so different from the movie we saw tonight. Literally what
1: I was just going to say. Like, this Which speaks we talked to, about. This speaks to what Sundance is all about that we came out of a Taylor Swift doc and you came out of what so sounds like a batshit crazy awesome <laughs> movie. But
0: <laughs> in a lot of ways sounds like your film a lot like ours a story of a young woman looking for acceptance yeah. and looking to fit in and find her place in the
1: Here's world. Here's our first theme of Sundance 2020.
0: We're on a roll. Right? Yeah. Which is the idea mm-hmm. of I recognize I'm different. Society's supposed to tell me to fit in. Let me try and do that and I'll realize oh no Oh, I'm different and let me embrace that. And That seems to be kind of a powerful message that I took from the Taylor movie, and yeah. it sounds like it could be applied to bad hair as well. Yeah, I
2: think that's exactly what it is, and it's about you know somebody that's in an environment that they really want to climb the ladder, and uh, they're being told this is how you do it. You have to look this way and dress this way and be this way, uh, and then you'll make it. Sorry uh, uh, about your movie or our movie. That's that was that was <laughs> that was bad Surprise
1: hair. to every Sundance movie this <laughs> I year. I mean, look,
2: they're programming these things opposite each other, you know, for a reason, and and I think. That I think the the film programming, the people who program a festival and a schedule are uh, really the unsung heroes of a festival because if you take a step back like we are from a day and look at the films that were there, you can see the theme and you can see what they're trying to say and how they're trying to open up this festival uh, and sort of setting the table, if you will. Um, in this way for these stories, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, female empowerment stories and and sort of women finding, uh, their lives and, and, and what they want to do. And I, you know, I think the, uh, the film I'm going to see right off the bat tomorrow, this film Zolo, which I cannot wait for, uh, is going to continue. I think those themes.
1: So last thing before we all turn in after our big first day of Sundance, uh, anything else top of your list? You mentioned Zola. What What are the films that you're hearing some buzz about that you personally are excited about seeing here?
2: One of my, you know, as as somebody that's been coming here for a while, one of my favorite things about this year is that there are a bunch of filmmakers here with their second movies. Uh, Justin Simeon coming off Dear White People, Sean Durkin coming off Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, if I said that I in the right order. <laughs> um, Brandon Cronenberg coming off antiviral with Possessor. That sounds insane. And I think, you know, the Cronenberg Jr. is really going to flex some muscles here this year with Possessor and sort of kind of establish himself and say, I'm here now. So, uh, you know, I think that there are a lot of filmmakers with those second movies. Um, a lot of those premieres, uh, their first movies happened here. I was at those premieres. So to kind of follow those journeys. um, I think is something that I'm looking forward to. So yeah, and Zola, uh, a movie I'm seeing tomorrow morning. Also a second feature um, from a director. Let's see how good the Wi-Fi signal is. Janiza <laughs> Bra- right yeah, Bravo, Yeah, uh, Bravo, who had Lemon uh, at that right. here uh, a few years yeah, that's ago. That's such a great point about second directors because
0: imagine coming here as a first-time filmmaker. Yeah. It's just overwhelming. You have no idea what you're walking into. No now you kind of have an understanding and you're able to kind of navigate your next project. Yeah. And well, and it's all cool these, to see how the, the growth
2: and all these directors that I mentioned, uh, it's not like last year or two years ago. I mean, some of these are like five, six, yeah. seven years later. Uh, And so part of you is wondering, why did it take so long? But then part of you is kind of excited to see how they've grown as a filmmaker and then what they have to say now. Uh, It was super cool to see Justin Simeon's sort of evolution from Dear White People into uh, Bad Hair. And so that is, I think, uh, what I'm looking forward most is to kind of catch up with some of these filmmakers who I saw uh, here for the first time and, and see where they're at now
1: excellent uh well great getting your perspective have a great sundance 2020 eric davis managing editor of fandango you can follow him on, on the twitters and the instagrams and everywhere right man yes
2: please thank you very much <laughs> please have a stay time. hydrated you I'm too concerned for you, you i see, do yeah i'm concerned for all of us out here <laughs> this is an early
1: contender for the number one
2: festival Best, rule guys absolutely all right we'll
1: be back tomorrow with Thanks, another Jared. edition of festival <laughs> rules eric have a good one
2: you too